This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined back for a third time by the one, the only, Mr. Gregory Zarian. Hi everybody. Um, so David, who canceled on you today to bring me back? You know what? I cleared the whole day just for you, Gregory. Dude, the whole oh, day. I, uh, I tried to clear the day, but since today's Wednesday, if, if any of you see somebody walking back and forth, his name is Sergio. He's there to help you out. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I'm not starting out that shady. I'm just like, to help you uh, with your household chores. Yeah, Sergio, Sergio takes on some, uh, some laundry duties. And it's not that I don't do my own laundry, but Sergio is, um, you know, I'm helping Sergio. I'm giving, do you like I'm turning this around? I'm giving Sergio somewhere to go. Um, I'm giving him purpose, and it's to um, to help you. Thank you. Listen, you're a well-oiled machine. Like you need. Listen, everyone needs people to help them. Everyone right? needs a Sergio. I need a good Sergio. I have someone, but I don't know. I'm never. What? You know what it is. This is how it is with me with people who help. Who? Oh, there's your behind the velvet rope mug. Wait, what? I actually owe someone else a mug that I promised I would send it to them, and I it's it never happened yet. Dude, don't don't do names though. Don't tell us who it is. It's someone. I'm, it's someone good that should that that deserves a mug. I can tell you who it is. Who? Melissa Rivers. Oh, I like. Oh, I, you know what? I like Melissa. She's in your hood, right? She is. Um, I like. I like Melissa. She's very, very. She's always been very, very kind, and her mother. Uh, Joan was super, super sweet. Lawrence and I, for those of you that don't know Lawrence, my twin brother, uh, Lawrence and I were flown to New York on MGM's airline to do the Joan Rivers show with the Barbie twins. Remember the Barbie twins? Um, no. One of the most successful Playboy um, additions two times ever in history. And they looked like the Barbie doll. And they wanted to... Um, I don't want to say change their image, but just um, shift a little bit their image. And because somebody said, which I'm not going to argue, that we look like Ken dolls, um, it was Barbie and Ken. And we were flown to New York, and Joan was sweet and lovely and charming and fun as all hell. And from that moment, we befriended her and uh, always lovely and very sweet to us. So, uh, hi, Melissa. If you ever want to, just drive up the street and borrow my coffee cup, you can. Well, Melissa, we don't know where Melissa's going to be because she sold her house. She's in a rental now. But I think she's still in your hood, probably. But she made a comment about my mug, and I said I would send her one, and that was, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Then I'll do a screenshot and go, Melissa, look what I have that you don't. Yes. I'm sure Melissa is sitting home with all of her surroundings saying, where is my behind the velvet rope mug? But we sat down for for red carpet. We, we We're doing a red carpet special. Oscars and what's... Okay, that's exciting. How fun is that for you? 
like, let's talk about the state of the red carpet and what's going on with award shows and what would Joan Rivers say or if she were around now and people, you know, but I know you believe in this, like, you know, got ready, got the glam, got the dress on and then went from, you know, your bedroom to your kitchen or your living room. I just needed to hear what Joan would say. But I know, I remember from last time that you are a big proponent of that. You know, I, and I'm going to send you a screenshot just because I think it would be good to drop in. Uh, for the Emmys last year, I was the only guy in a full tox head to toe. And people were like, why are you doing that? I said, why would it's It's an event. And I have spent so many years for people to like me, really like me. And I got to be on an amazing show, Venice the Series. And it told this great story that I got acknowledged for. And of course, I'm wearing a tox. It's, excuse me, the fucking Emmys. And you look nice for these. I don't even say nice. You prepare for the events. You you pull out the stops and you look amazing. What I like though, yes. is what I'm seeing now people are dressing up and you know, like Amanda Seyfried, can we talk about how stunning she looked and you know, the golden globes and people are really making a difference now. And I, I think it just changes how you feel it. Uh, and also what we do is fantasy. What we do is, you know, it's like, Oh my God, what are they wearing? What are they doing today? So I believe it's also part of my job to look great for things that there could possibly be, pressed for, streamed on, lived on, lived on, anything. So no, absolutely. And for anybody that just wears a t-shirt or a pajama top, even though I love Ted Lasso and I think it was really great, Jason Sudeikis, um, I, I, think, I think you suit up and show up the right way. That's my feelings. Listen, if I am nominated for an Emmy at any point between now and the day that I'm no longer here, I will wear a tux. I Can wear... I be behind you? Can I be one of the people on the couch sipping out of my behind the velvet rope? Coffee mug? I think everyone needs one if they're sitting behind me. Please, and a t-shirt would be nice as well, in case you... You could have a t-shirt. There's towels. We, we, we like have it all, honey. Could you do long sleeve? Yeah. Oh, you know what I should have worn for you? Why? Uh, I should have worn my... Uh, and it's, it's Sergio's washing it. It's my long sleeve Kathy Wakili t-shirt. There was a photo of Kathy, and I screenshot it, and I said, Hey, Mom, love this photo. Can you send me a high res of it? She sent me a couple of versions of it and um, I put it on a t-shirt. So it's now my travel t-shirt. So the past couple of times I've been traveling and I wore my Kathy Wakili t-shirt. So Okay. Okay, yeah. first I would like a Kathy Wakili t-shirt. Do you, do you want the Kathy Wakili t-shirt that I have, or do you want my new favorite photo of Kathy Wakili? And it's a shot of her at her daughter's wedding. I think the one you have for vintage purposes, but okay. two things before we get to her wedding, has anyone stopped you like in the airport supermarket and said, oh my God, I what, what are you doing? I wore it yesterday uh, and my physical therapist said, wait, is that? And I said, yeah. And I go with my mom and he went, but sh-. I said, I know we're good. So yeah, people and people, it's so funny is people do um, double takes. And then when I first posted it, uh, her son, Joey, uh, sent me a, a, a note that said, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever said, I've ever seen. So I now take photos of it and go, hi, here I am with my mom in New York. Here I am with my mom at the market. Here I am with my mom at the gym. It's super fun. I, I needed this t-shirt. Um, I, what size? I can make this happen. A small. Okay, I'll get you a small. I'm still a small, despite the fact that I ate my way through COVID. I'm still small at the moment. 
Listen, it, COVID was not, listen, it's, I think you went one of two ways. You either, there are people I look at online and I'm like, what happened? You got in like the best shape I've ever seen you in your life. I think if I didn't have a, this job, I would have hardcore just that. I, I get it. That was people's thing. Like that was the one thing that kept you going. Well, then you also see people that do now virtual experiences and they're like this. Hi, how are you? I've, I've slowly been like, okay, I need to pull myself together because this is reality. But it is reality. And I also have the, um, I have the slimming lens. You know what that is? I do not. I'm kidding. I don't. I'm just, oh, I'm I was like, in right now. No, I've seen too many pictures of you to know that this is your real. What about the wedding looked gorgeous, right? Probably one of the most stunning events that I've ever seen. And because of the pain in everybody's ass called COVID, uh, Lawrence and I didn't go. And it just was, um, you know, uh, everything was under protocol and safe and whatever, but just getting on the plane and doing all of that was too, you know, when I've traveled, I've been on empty planes and I was lucky enough to put myself in the front. And it was so um, hand sanitizers and great and everything safe, but just going at that moment was, um, yeah, we did. We didn't go, and um, I will forever hate that I didn't. Within all of that, it was probably one of the most epic, gorgeous fairy tales I've ever seen. And can we can we talk about how stunning Victoria was? And you know, there's a shot of uh, Richie as he's getting ready to walk, walk walk Victoria down the um, aisle, and you just see the tears in his eyes. It was just, you know, it, it was an event, and um, that will be told for a long time. I thought it was, yeah, like one of the nicest weddings I've seen. You know, it's a fairy tale, you know, and I, and again, I loved because when we spoke about it, you know, she was very clear, you know, tables are separated and, you know, masks are there and all of it was done so masterfully because you either do something haphazard or you do something masterfully. And um, it was epic and gorgeous. And um, I actually was texting uh, with Victoria yesterday, they're on their honeymoon, and um, to to be with somebody years ago as her, we were on a boat going up the Hudson, and she was just talking about you know, um, hopefully finding the one that she's going to marry, and now she did, and it's and they, you know, I believe that when you love someone, you love someone, and because I spent quite a bit of time with them, they like each other, and Teddy, Teddy, her husband, like he gets her, you know. In my relationship, John gets me. And I think, you know, you, you have to really like and get the person that you're with. You know, Rich and Kathy, they get each other. And it just, you know, I think when you get somebody and it's more than loving somebody and you like somebody and you have open conversation about everything, it's a win-win situation. Well, yeah, I think that's the mistake that most people make is that they don't realize you're supposed to like the person. As just, I mean, you know, you need to be attracted to them. And there's a lot of other things, but I think that's the mistake that everyone makes. You know, it is. And I think, you know, here's the deal. I, you know, when you look at somebody and go, oh my God, there's so much sexual tension. Yeah, yay. And I support all of that. And also that changes because, you know, it's kind of, you know, like we're all animals. We all hunt our prey. And, you know, once you find the prey and then you, then what? And like I said, it's just really great to witness them because they, they just dig each other, you know, and it, it, it's effortless. And you also know the parameter of in relationships, 
which I'm sure we've all been in when we have been with somebody that um, wasn't right for us. And uh, you were worried about what you said and you're worried about, let me take care of this, let me do that, let me, and uh, like, what the hell is that? If you go out with somebody and you're with your friends and you're not being you. Uh, I have no idea what that is. I don't understand people that are in relationships like that. I mean, I get it, but run. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. There's, you, have you been in somewhere you haven't? been that comfortable with the person you're with and you really want them to like you. And then you're like, Oh my God, please. If I just do one more thing, you're going to really like me. And come on. Yeah. But it's been a long time. So I'm not turning my nose up because everyone gets there at a different point, but yeah. I mean, well, someone else had a wedding too. I think that was since we spoke last. I'm pretty sure. Super. uh, You know, yes, I, I got married Super simple, super sweet, super. Um, was it in LA or Hawaii? I can't it, remember. Um, you know, here's Hawaii. The thing. Yeah, I wanted to do this epic event with family and friends. If you hear the beep, that's my dryer, and obviously Sergio is not. Sergio, I don't. I don't hear a nor. I don't hear a beep, nor see Sergio. Sergio, the dryer is beeping. And I love you. Thank you. Um, okay, that's hysterical. It's okay. Wave, Sergio. Now we can see him. See, you're so nice. Well, you are. Listen, we're filming this. Uh, yeah, uh, we got married. We were going to get married in October. And uh, with COVID and everything, it just, I just said, let's just do it on the day we got engaged. And we went to this beautiful place on the beach, um, Kapalua, and it was just John and myself. Uh, we didn't tell anybody until Christmas Day. My Lawrence didn't know until Christmas Day. And it was just, it was simple. And I think it was, per- it was perfect. You know, eventually we want to do a bigger thing. You know, like the day before I got married, I called Kathy. I called Richie. Um, I called Donna. You know, I called the people. I called my stepmom. Um, the people that I hold here they knew because it didn't feel, it didn't feel, it's not, it's not that I don't want to say right. It's just, and especially moms, we called, I called the moms in my world that have taken the baton from my mom and that just love me, that have loved me like a child. You know, John still has his dad, but just the moms in my life that really celebrate me and celebrate that I found someone that loves me and I love them. Um, it was 15 minutes and it was simple and it was uh, just this beautiful moment on the beach in Hawaii and I couldn't have asked for anything better. But the great part of it was the next day, John lost his mom and I'd lost my mom. When we checked into the uh, hotel, uh, we got a great room at the Ritz. Lawrence and my older brother Vincent got us a room at the Ritz. Uh, we were given beautiful lays and uh, the next day we took the lays and we had this little private ceremony on the beach for our moms. And uh, it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been more perfect. That's nice. Thank you. Wait, and did you say, so you told Kathy, you told Donna, you didn't tell your twin? He found out. Well, no, after, no. Or he no, found they, out before no, no. he just didn't want you to go and do a small series. I, I love you so much. Right now. No, I told Lawrence on Christmas Day. I told okay. Donna the day or the day before we got married. No, Lawrence knew before that. My older brother didn't know. He wasn't that happy. I think we're still trying to figure that out. But um, yeah, it is what it is. 
I mean, I'm not trying to cause shade. I'm just trying to understand no, the story. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what that question was about, but I appreciate it. I was like, I just thought you said you called Kathy Wakili and you called your other mom, Donna Mills, from Knott's Landing, and you just didn't call your twin brother. I thought that's what you said. Well, no, what I said, well, I told them once on Christmas Day. And that makes I, sense. Well, yeah, I, uh... Listen, if there's ever been a year to make the moms in your life feel loved and appreciated on Mother's Day, this is the one. It's been so much harder for me to see my mother over the past year. And that's why, for me, it was so important that she felt appreciated this Mother's Day after everything we've been through. I only thought of one way that I could accomplish that, and that was StoryWorth. It's an online service that helps your mom, grandmother, mother-in-law, every mother figure in your life share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal experiences. Every week, StoryWorth emails your mom a different story prompt, questions like, what is some of the best advice your mother ever gave you? If you could choose any talents to have, what would they be? For me, I went deep. I asked my mother what her biggest fear was, what she felt she missed out on life by not doing, what is she most afraid of? Listen, if you guys read the testimonials on StoryWorth, they will literally move you to tears. For me, it's brought me and my mother and my whole family closer together. And I feel that that's so much more important now than ever because a lot of families can't be together. After one year, StoryWorth will compile all of your mom's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. I am learning so much more about my mother through this process. I, I can't even begin to tell you the things that I have learn from my mother. I found out she wanted to be an actress. I'm like, is that where I get it from? Is, is it in the, my genes? Listen, give your mom the most meaningful gift this Mother's Day with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash velvet. You get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash velvet for $10 off. This will bring you and your mom whole family so much closer together. Guys, there's no better gift that I can think of for Mother's Day. You know, you know, here's what I here's what I want to say in regards to the moms and dads or even the, you know, our family's chosen. I believe we have our family and then we have our family chosen. You know, last night, two nights ago I had dinner with my stepmom. So my dad was with uh Kathy for like 12 years and they never got married, but they were together. And so she took the baton from my dad, like I called her and said, mom, I'm getting married and I'm lucky. You know, my mom was my universe and our universe. And when she passed away really young, um, I have these amazing women that I call it, you know, took the baton and just have loved me like a son. Um, so yeah, like most of the moms in my life that are right here uh, knew and they gave me my blessing, our blessing, and it was perfect. Like Tony and just, just special, special people. And when you come to New York, you're not just going to see me. You're going to see Kathy, I assume, too. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm going to see Kathy. Of course, I'm going to see Kathy. Uh, we're going to spend, as I say to Kathy, mom, I'm coming home. Yeah, it's, you know, here's what's great is when I, hey, I'm coming into town. We'll either meet in the city or she'll just say, hey, get on the uh, ferry and they will pick us up. We'll probably go to Pizza Love. And then we spend the weekend at the house. And it's seriously uh coming home it's 
when I was doing Venice last year, I think I said this, I would wake up at 5 a.m. Um, I'd have to be on set by 6.30. Kathy would drive me. She drove me to work every day. Um, wow. It was made. I felt like there was a little brown lunch waiting, brown bag lunch waiting for me. And uh, truly treats us like we are her own. And then you had pizza love leftovers every night. <laughs> Which, uh, it's don't so get me good. wrong, I would That's love to come good. home to a, a refrigerator full of pizza love. Trust me. I have a pizza love sweatshirt and a t-shirt. I can hook you up on that stuff too. I'm telling you, the chicken parm vodka sauce pizza is my favorite thing on the menu. Just if you've never had that, uh, add that in your rotation. Okay, I'll do that. Thank it's you. Good. You know, you don't always have to eat your salad. You can take your day off. Uh, you know, or you do half and half, and then you get the rest for leftovers tomorrow. That's true. So, uh, yeah, back to their wedding. Their wedding was epic. My wedding was super sweet. And, um, yeah, you know, people, people have asked me, you know, what is it? And here's one thing that I am very adamant about is not keeping secrets because something that I will keep keeps it from you. And one turns into two, turns into three, and then all of a sudden you're not talking. And sometimes yeah. you have to say the ugliest, the ugliest stuff. And here, we're not afraid to say it, we're afraid of the reaction. Because if we've done something or withheld something or did something, a mistruth or whatever, if we were so upset about it, why'd you do it? So be fearlessly honest, even if it looks ugly and uh, be kind. I agree with and all that. I think that people don't, like, I don't have really a high patience for people that are like, you know, I don't want to do this or what, like, people don't do what they don't want to do. I feel that's just the bottom line. You do what you want to do. So, right. Like, to your point, when you're done doing whatever, if you're like, I didn't want to do this or whatever, you, you did. And you can, you can, you can justify, you can justify it in your head. But life is simple. You either do or you don't. It either happens or it doesn't. And everything in between I consider is a conspiracy theory. Kind of. You know, like I, like Lawrence is, you know, when I, Lawrence talks to, to me about, you know, what it's like to date and, you know, I got a call. I didn't get a call. Oh, I was so busy. Well, here's the deal. We live on our phones. Hey, thinking of you. I agree. Like, I just don't put up with excuses in any aspect of life. Like, no. I agree. Like you, it's like, especially if you're with someone, you're like, I've been with you. I see your texting habits. You, it's just for whatever friends or whatever you text people back this whole, like, I'm sorry. I didn't get in touch with you. There's nothing to be sorry about. Like actions speak louder than words. So tell no. Lawrence, when I see Lawrence, I'm going to give him some tough love on, mind you, I don't have like, I, I'm not in a relationship. I just know how it works. Just, I don't take my own well, advice. You know, here's, what I, here's what I love is Lawrence looks at my relationship and says it's the parameter of what I want. And here's the great, and it's not, it's just about being kind, being open, being honest and being playful and having a great time. My ex cheated on me a lot of the time that we were together. And it was this neurotic neuroses on my part about, hey, you know what, this is what I feel. And there was so much deception and betrayal and best friends lying to you and the exes and all of it, that here's the thing, it's called the gut feeling. Follow your gut, follow your gut. And maybe your gut isn't telling you the absolute truth, but your gut is telling you a truth. Pay attention to the signs, pay attention to what it is. And uh, 
be, and a lot of people think, oh, I didn't sleep with them. I didn't sleep with her. Well, outside of sleeping with somebody, the physical act of, there's also also an emotional betrayal. Yeah. That's sometimes worse. Because once you know, once you have your sex, you're done. Okay, you get the fix. You get the, you, hi, Sergio. Once all that's done. Sergio's working hard back there. Is, Thank you, Sergio. I love you. But once, but once the act is done, it's done. You have all this time left and an emotional betrayal to me or an emotional connection is worse. I think so. Carrying on. So, uh, yeah, if, if you're in a relationship and you're emotionally betraying somebody, look at that and look at what you're doing. Are you trying to sabotage something you're in? Are you trying to sabotage the person you're with? And the truth is, David, what are you not saying? You know, you meet somebody and you are fearlessly free. And it's like that first date, you have nothing to lose. And then as time goes on, you're losing bits and pieces, bits and pieces. Well, why are you losing anything? The reason why I'm, I'm in a great relationship is I promised I would be fearlessly honest, no matter what, no matter how good, bad, or indifferent. That's the key, I think. That and liking the person. I think those are the two keys. I don't really know what else you need, really. You and need have fun. Yeah, and have fun. Those are the three and if things. You're lucky, and if you're lucky, have a Sergio. Have a Sergio. Do you want me to send Sergio out to you? Like, just as like, a, he's Please sweet. Do. Um, he has, if he breaks something, he'll blame you for it initially, but then he'll come clean. Like. Please do. I, I need, my cleaning woman is nice. She's nice. What's her name, David? Her name is, well, here's the thing. Let me explain why I don't know the name off the top of my head. Because I had one person named Elzbieta forever and she replaced herself with this new woman who has now been with me for a minute. Okay. And I just and don't know. When she walked in, you didn't go, hi, how are you? I, I say, am- I say, hi, how? Well, I mean, I met her through Elzbieta. She introduced us and I don't, you know, how, you know what it's like? It's like when you're introduced to someone and then you see them a day later and you just forget to say, I don't know your name. And then sometimes you're months into it and you're like, I should have just asked this person their name back then. I know you're very honest. You say, I'm sorry, it's been four months. We've been hanging out. I don't know your name. I know we're married and I still can't place an name. Do you mind telling me? If you could put it up. <laughs> no. So I know I, I, very nice. It's just, it's hard sometimes, you know, when you're stressed out and working, you're like, oh, but as somebody watching nice. your underwear, yes, I get it. But I know that sounds whatever. Listen, I'm not I'm not being shady at all. By the way, I didn't know Venice was your Venice the series that was filmed in New Jersey or New York. That's why you're Cassie. Oh, I didn't know it that. Was. No, no, no. Venice, uh, we we filmed uh the first six seasons, fifth first five seasons filmed here in Venice, California. The second season was based out of New York City, and we filmed uh, location shots in um, Caldwell, New Jersey. Huh. And it was great. And for anybody that doesn't know Venice, venicesseries.com, it's a long story, and it's awesome. And we come back for season seven. Um, it starts uh, near the end of this year. And um, Does I'm that mean coming back to New Jersey? Uh, no, it's coming back to Los Angeles. 
I need to talk to you guys about Apostrophe. It's a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take their acne seriously. Now, here's the thing you guys know, prescription acne treatment really works, but it's hard to get. You have to take time off work, go see a doctor, sit in line at the pharmacy and wait for your medications. Not anymore. Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You get treated immediately and your medications are delivered to your home. All you have to do is fill out their online questionnaire about your skin concerns and medical history. Then you snap a few selfies, how fun is that, and your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. It treats acne, but Apostrophe does a lot more than just that. They also can help you with your other skincare goals, like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. I filled out the survey. Of course, my I was concerned with wrinkles, so that's why I went on. Filled out the survey. Literally, somebody got in touch with me so quickly. The medicine arrived right to my front door. I've already started using it. It's just as simple as that, and you don't even have to leave your home. Listen, you get $15 off your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash velvet. So go to apostrophe.com slash velvet and use the code velvet. This code is only available to all of you who are listening to this podcast. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash velvet and click begin visit. Then use the code velvet at sign up and you get $15 off your dermatology visit. That's apostrophe.com slash velvet. Use the code velvet to get your dermatology visit for $15 off. It really is so easy. I'm so glad I found apostrophe. It's for acne, it's for wrinkles, it's for dark spots, really any of your skincare goals. That's apostrophe.com slash velvet. Use the code velvet at checkout and you get $15 off. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Then it's the series Welcome Home. So I could be either be the detective or I could be Nate. So I have two choices. And that's your role dealt with bullying. Yeah. And I know that's something that's near and dear to your heart. It is. And you know what's really great, though, is since then I've become um, an advocate for an organization called Free to Love. And they're all about anti-bullying. They're all about self-acceptance. Um, they, they're, their platform was um, geared toward the LGBT community. But now it's all communities. Because we've got the girl Tanya I've known. We grew up together. And we had, we've had many conversations. And I said... You know, if you look at it, every community is being bullied and every community has its things. Why don't you just make it an inclusive community? And if you have somebody that is suffering with their sexuality, but somebody who has abusive parents, this conversation turns into this conversation turns into that. And that's what I'm really, you know, since we spoke last, uh, a proponent of. Because I believe every um, bit of unrest and every bit of... Uh, bullying, um, aggression, fear, anger, hate is just lack of conversation. 
you think? You know, I do. I don't, you know, I, you know, since, since I saw you, uh, a friend of mine, Terrence Terrell, he's on the new series, the series Be Positive. Uh, he's also Motar in um, the um, insurance commercials. Uh, great guy. He won the Emmy that I was up for the year before, and we've just become good friends. And great looking black guy. Um, and when we were, I said, let me just discuss the elephant in the room. And he goes, what? And they said, you're black, I'm white. He goes, yeah. And I said, talk to me about that. And I said, what is it for you? And I said, you know, my parents were uh, immigrants in this country, so I believe I'm a guest. And I feel like uh, I was brought up celebrating all the colors in the crayon box. But let me just ask you questions. And he said, what? And I said, uh, what do you prefer? There's African-American, you know, there's, there's black. You know, I have some really good friends. You know, I call one guy at the gym, uh, call him Coco because we have a friendship. And I said everything, and I said, and with the closer the friendships are, the endearments come and the, the charm comes. And I said, but I never want to disrespect. What's right? He goes, black. And I went, got it. And then after this open conversation, because he said, you know, every house is on fire. Every house has been on fire. You know, your community, that community, just today, my house and Black Lives Matter and everything, my house is really on fire. And at the very end of the conversation, I said, let's address the N-word. And he went, here we go. And I said, no, but here's a question. I take a spin class and in my spin class, I had because of COVID hadn't. Uh, the instructors, two of them, brother and sister, uh, love them both. They play, uh, they're, they're black. They play this banging music and the word N is in there. They're singing it and they're rapping too and they're having a great time with it. But if I as a white guy says, say the word or if I'm outside in the alley, having a cup of coffee and I'm singing to it, I then, then am given a bad look. I may be called racist, I may, all of these things. What do you do? Like, I, I'm singing to a song, but it's looked down upon me. And he said, just don't say the word. And I went, got it. So it's conversations like that. And, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to offend anybody at all, but I don't know unless I ask you what this is. Yeah. So that's a long-winded answer, but it's just, you know, it goes back to what we talked about. You know, if every conversation doesn't have to be, you know, light and fluffy, it, it's scary. And sometimes they're really scary. You know, uh, when you brought up Venice's series, Crystal and her show, they address, you know, the bullying thing. Who was the, hey, I was bullied. Okay, but how far do you go with the conversation? And it then opens up a conversation to like even my nephews. Are you being bullied? What does that mean? What do you mean? Tell me, Uncle Gregory, what does that mean? Well, you're on, on your computer now for school. Well, yeah, some guy's doing this, some guy's doing that. Okay, what you do is you close your computer. You call your mom and dad. Or if it's a friend of yours that looks differently or is ethnically, culturally different or a different color or different this, you ask questions. And, you know, I believe with the first answer, you can go to the second, third, fourth, fifth answer, and you get the real answer, and it's just about a conversation. I believe that we just don't talk enough. All we want to do is point the finger and say, you did this, you don't get it about me. And it then turns into this and nothing is resolved. Well, that's the thing about cancel culture, too. It's what does like, that mean? Uh, and can I say something? I don't... You can say anything. I don't know. Explain to me what cancel culture means, David. Well, I'm not sure that I know exactly what it means I mean, I think it might mean different things to different people, but I feel it means people are 
being canceled, which I'm not saying is the answer because nothing is getting done. So I think the point of cancel culture shouldn't be to like, so people are losing their jobs and being punished, but they're not learning anything. I don't think like, I think we're focusing on the punishment and not like what happens next. Does that make sense? To me, but cancel culture, what does it mean to me? It means that people are being canceled. They're being X'd out. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. No, 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 no. but I'm trying to. So let's go Vanderpump rules. Kristen yes. Dowdy, Stasi Schroeder, fired for saying racist comments and setting up. I think her name is Faith. Faith, yes. That's cancel culture. Boom, fire, don't like it, move on. Is that what that is? To me, that's what, I'm not saying that's what it should be. I'm saying that's what I think people mean by cancel culture, yes. Got it. Okay. I mean. I wasn't really, like I didn't, I was was trying to understand it. So it's basically saying, I don't like what you did, so I'm going to push you away. Instead of having a thing that says, hey, you know what? Yeah, I don't like that you, what you did doesn't, fit well with this show but in the process of it what can you do to help the person that may be feeling the same way you did at the time you know what i'm saying yeah yes i don't see the teaching moments happening personally and i if you get into comments on social media i mean it's not effective like everyone but yes everyone now is calling for everyone to be canceled to if you want to use Vanderpump Rules as a job for everyone to lose their job based on something, not just race regarding Stasi and Kristen, politics, um, white collar crimes. I mean, I could go down the list. So anything that doesn't agree with what that person thinks is appropriate, they want the other person canceled. Now this is not happening because one person, that's not how it works with networks, but that's pretty much how it's happening. So now we've lumped true racism to me, which is like in with everything else. That's where I think it's out of, I I personally think there's going to be a, what's the word? A tipping of the scales the other way. I'm just saying, I think this is what's going to happen. Like first, for instance, Chris Harrison from The Bachelor. I don't know if you know about all this. Like he said things. He's Rachel Lindsay. Right. So he's canceled for the moment. I don't know what's going to happen. What are your thoughts on that? And by the way, he now has a lawyer, just FYI. So that's the point. Yes. He has the same lawyer that Gabriella Union had when she challenged America's Got Talent for being um, like a toxic workplace. What do I think? I mean, well, it's kind of like, regardless of whether Chris should have lost his job or not, it's more like, I always go to like the intent behind it. I'm not saying like, first of all, this is Rachel Lindsay. So I don't, the whole thing is so strange to me in so many ways. Well, you're very media trained. You've been doing this job for so long. It's like, I don't know. I understand. Like if you slip up and say one thing wrong, I think that's different to me than a lot of, yeah, I don't. I don't, uh, I don't. I don't understand what was going through Chris's mind. To be honest with you, no, I don't. Um, and here's the thing: if if I say something, you say something, or we then like, oh my, you know, I don't. You know, I felt bad 
for the bachelorette. Um, I believed she was completely apologetic. You know, here's the truth. Up until recently, you know, I was like, oh my God, Lady A, Antebellum. That's right, Lady A got rid of the Antebellum and now it's Lady A. And I've done my research now. Like I really wanted to be like, okay, it goes back to what we're saying. Here's the teaching moment. You know, right. the bachelorette that was in love with um, the bachelor, you know, and she has a selfie of her with her friends. You know, do, do I think she was trying, do I, you know, do I think there was any, it goes back to what you said about intention. Do I think there was any ill intent on her behalf? I think she went to an event and she took a selfie. Um, I, I don't know her, so I can't speak for her, but we've all been places where like, oh, this is really cool. Oh, look what I'm doing, look. And now everything is under such a microscope, but it goes back to what I was saying earlier. This is when you ask the appropriate questions. You know, Chris could have pivoted and said, hey, you know what? I know her and I feel like her choice of being there was very innocent. And yeah, you know, we're gonna talk about it on the show. It wasn't doubling down, you know, the problem with Chris and even right. Lindsay has gone off on um, talking about how she didn't like that moment because it, it was like Chris doubled down. And I, it's, as you said, a teaching moment, like help me understand, you know, I think we all need to be more open to these conversations. You know, right. we're watching, you know, we're watching the Daryl Chauvin case right now. The, 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 the policeman with the George Floyd nine minutes, a knee on his neck for nine minutes. If we are not asking ourselves questions, if we are not listening and asking somebody, Googling something to say, what is that? What isn't that? Okay, how could I? How couldn't I? Have? Okay, what if I see something like that? What can I do? What can't I do? Then there's a problem. Instead of saying, no, you're wrong, be in the question, be in the asking. Hey, what's it like? That's, that's what I think you're saying about cancel culture. Instead of saying, no, be gone with you. Hey, help me understand what this is more for me so I can at least be good with this so I can pass it on to somebody else. Right. And like, it's kind of like what you said, like it's being honest with yourself and like trying to understand like, okay, like this may not bother you, but can you, I think you need to start to understand why this event or were or whatever, why this has this reaction in someone else. Like that's the first step. Like, do you understand why this is not okay for this other person. And if you can't even, I mean, you could say yes and you can issue an apology and, but that doesn't, what's the point of that? This one lost their job. There's an apology. This one lost their job. There's an apology, but now you're not understanding. Like, so then it's like a bit, it's to me, it's like, what's the point of it all? We're not doing that final step. I mean, people say they are, but they're not. You know, Every, every experience, here's the thing. I was put on a great show called Venice Series. My character was bullied. The person, my boss on the show was bullied. My twin brother on the show was bullied. My twin and I were bullied to shit. People were bullied. I took that and I became part of a platform that was already out there and I now speak on bullying. I now talk about, hey, do this, do that, okay, ask questions. You know, the bully's scared to death. So it's, we have the opportunity to take these situations 
and open up a conversation and go, hey, help me understand what that is. Instead of saying, fuck you, no, I don't believe in this, or no, you're wrong. It's about what are you going to do? But no one seems to be, I mean, like, do you get down into the social media comments? Like, they're insane. Can they say this? People have been horrible to me. I don't know. I I don't know what's going to happen to this world. Really, I just don't. I'm the same as you. I, I can handle it. I'm not worried. And the people, it's like, it's my guess when they come on, people will leave comments. I mean, they can handle it too. It's just the like, what is going through your mind that you need to type this out of nowhere? I well, just don't thing. know. You're a coward because God bless you as you're sitting there and you're going after somebody's looks. And here's the thing. Most of the people that are going after people's looks or the way they look, they are either on the opposite spectrum, miserable. Because it's also like, you know what? I'm going to hurt you because I'm dying inside. Yeah, well, that's what it is. So suit up, show up. And if you're going to say something that you don't like about me, get me on a flipping Zoom and let's talk about it. Tell me what this is for you. And mind you, the latest person whose looks they came after is the world's first supermodel, self, self-appointed self first supermodel, Miss Janice Dickinson. So I think she's okay. Let's I mean, talk about this, by the way. Good. Okay, David, you are tearing it up. You are on every outlet. Because here's what I said this last time. You give people, you give us the platform to just be fearlessly honest. And there's maybe there's something you put. Maybe you lace my coffee cup with stuff. And then you send it out and say, here. But you get these people being really fearless and honest and open and transparent. Because I saw that about, you know, it's a different time. She's speaking on a different time. And if you don't immediately go, well, you know, Janice, read the entire paragraph. Hear what she is saying. It's a different time to get to where she was. And you're saying, I've been modeling for 30 years. It's a different time for me. I've been doing this for 30, I'm not calling myself a supermodel, but people come after me with stuff. I'm like, no, it's a different time. I'm like speaking. what? Like what do they come after you with? For modeling? No, like people come after me for modeling. People um, are super, super, um, you know, even with the bullying, you have no idea what it's like to be bullied. Look at you. You're on soap operas. You're on TV. You know, shame on you. Well, okay. And I will reply and say, hey, I really appreciate your comment. Um, my twin and I will bully together and independently. And if you would like to take this offline, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, especially during, um, during the political campaign, I would, there was a photo that I posted of my parents with Ronald Reagan and my dad was Republican. We were, I was brought up a Republican and, uh, uh a friend of mine went after me. Do you know what Ronald Reagan did to the gay community? $25,000 when HIV was out. Do you know this? Do you know that? And I said, I really appreciate your feelings, but let me tell you a real quick story. My mother was born in Berlin, Germany. My grandfather was invited, drafted into the Nazi party. He told the Nazis to fuck off. Went to Poland for four years, came back. My mom watched my grandma beaten up. Everything was stolen. A train that they could have been on was blown up. She survives that, the wall goes up. So everything that my mother knew in Germany became East and West. So she lost half of her world. And she was Mm. brought up in a world that there was a wall separating it. So on the day that Ronald Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall, I was able to look in my mother's eyes, 
who was a survivor of World War II and this bullshit wall. And I saw the blood flow back into her feet and saw her emotionally be okay. So what are you coming at me for? I get this happened or this didn't happen, but ask me a question first. Don't assume that you know what this is for me. And so that's where people have gone after me and we're fine now, but it's a conversation. Ask me what that is. Ask me how I feel. Cause then I want you to tell me what that is for you. Right. And I just, I don't know. I don't believe in it. Life is not that black and white. Like just, I mean, every president, Paul, every person has a thousand things that, I mean, that's what to me, cancel culture is, I'm not saying it's right, but now it's like, you're canceled by a whole group of people in this one. And like, that's not how we live. And I truly believe there are a lot of people that are just fed up with it and it's boiling and it is going to be a tide turning the other way at some point soon. And I believe that there's more of a conversation. I believe there's more of a, just tell me what this is for you. Like, you know, I have an older brother and he always says, you always say, you know, what this is for you. Tell me what, this, and I'm like, you're my brother. I'm telling you what this is. I'm asking you how that is for you. Let me get to know you more. And it goes back to everything that we've talked about, David, about just talking about it. Um, behind the velvet rope. But just, just be honest. You don't use this mug every day. You, listen, you don't have to use it every day. You brought it out special just for me. That's okay. No, actually I do use it. I use it quite often. I'll add. I, use, I use that, and then I also use my coffee mug for my friend Paul because it's a big G, and I say that I'm a G spot in the world. So you you go back and forth. At least you have yours, Melissa Rivers. It's been on my list for like a month, and it hasn't been sent. Oh, she doesn't have her G spot or a coffee mug. No, she doesn't have her coffee mug. Could you? But Melissa has lots of other things. I mean, you know, we all have gifts. It's a full circle moment. She's doing okay. Is there anyone? Well, first of all, and also I did give you a very big shout out when we had the amazing, it's not out yet, but the amazing Donna Mills on. So you're, you're mentioned in the chat. Thank you for that. My pleasure. She's, she's what you see is what you get. We're having dinner with her tomorrow. What you see is what you get. And she is one of the kindest, sweetest. You know, I felt bad because her friend Jessica Walters just died. I know. And we're talking, uh, you know, there's this group of actors uh, do you know Richard Benjamin? That name sounds familiar. Richard Benjamin, Paula Prentice. Richard was in the original uh, Westworld movie. Him and his wife, Paula, we've become very dear friends with them. And I called to check in on them a few days ago, and he said that um, they were the best of friends with George Siegel. And what was so heartbreaking but true, he said, a lot of my friends are just waiting at the exit sign. And I just thought, how short life is, you know, you wake up, you're alive, the next thing you know, you're at that exit sign. So what are you doing in the middle of it? And um, I say this all the time. This is why I'm not stressing out about someone who doesn't call or text. I just, I wish that I cared. It would be a step in the right direction. I just don't. I'm not, that's not like a defense mechanism. Like I truly no, just I don't. Because people will listen. Here's the truth. People do. And pay attention to the ones that do and the ones that don't. Uh, it's good to know. You know Tracy Bregman? Tracy what? Bregman, she's on Young and the Restless. She's a dear family friend of, she's a dear friend of ours. And recently she gave Lawrence the, because uh, we have these moments in life, and somebody showed 
Lawrence who they were. And, you know, as we, and here's the great thing. It's just good to know. Like, you know, we don't have to, be un, you know, unfriend somebody because they've been great, 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 great. And then there's some slips, but it's just, okay, good to know. We have people yeah. who they are, period. And you then place them in your life accordingly. Well, do you find that a lot, especially in this industry? You know, yeah, I don't. Um, this industry breaks my heart every day. And it's just, I, uh, you know, I, it, I, I, wouldn't ima- I couldn't imagine doing anything else. But just, you know, for me, I'm like this puppy that wants to play every day. Like, okay, now what? Now what? You know, I, uh, you know, it's, it's all personal to me. You know, I'm, uh, I'm grateful I work. Uh, I've been on the first two seasons of the family business, BET. Um, it's this great storytelling and I love everybody I work with and they're this close to wrapping up season three. And I'm, I played the head of the Assassin's Guild. Um, I didn't come back this season. Now, it's personal to me. I know it's dictated by story, but I'm like, wait, wait, what do you mean? Wait, what? What do you mean? And it, there's a lot of people that don't take it personal, but it's personal to me. And I know I'm a, I know I'm a good guy. I know I show up. I know I do the right thing. I'm great in the business. I keep on getting hired. So obviously people think I have talent because I never think I'm the best. I never think I'm the worst. I think I'm good at what I do. And if you give me direction, we will be phenomenal at what we're doing. <clears throat> it's just personal to me. Like I, you know, I'm in a business where I'm like, if you hire me, but out of the thousand auditions, I may get one. You know, I just read the new Jamie Foxx um, vampire flick. I had to play an Armenian vampire assassin. I poured every... I got a dialect coach. I got, took my acting coach. I booked a new studio. I went balls out on all of it. I didn't get it. That's personal to me. What can I learn? How can I do it differently? Come on, what do you mean I'm not doing this? So it's got to be personal. And I think with it being personal, it also allows me to show up in a more open-hearted way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Does, it does. Does make sense? Yeah. So I don't I don't take I don't take any audition. I don't take any job. I don't take any of it for granted. Like I just want to work. I wanna I wanna I wanna bring this to the job. I, I wanna show up. I wanna so yeah, it's it's all personal to me. And I also know with the family business and family, you know, they have hired me ad nauseum and I get to work with some really flipping amazing people that just love on each other. And it's this amazing group of people that it's like Ernie Hudson, Valerie Pettiford, who's a Bob Fosse gal. You know, she was one of the first black Fosse gals on Broadway doing her thing. And there's, you know, it's just this group of people that just kick ass. And it's also about being in the midst of all of that. You know, it's all of it. Do you think you're the exception though? Like when you have like a dinner with like a Donna Mills, like do they say, honey, get over it? <clears throat> sure. It's the business. And it's a business. It's a business. I, I feel like I am good at not taking it personally most days, but I'm a Gemini. And then I have just days where it's like, whatever. I'm off and now I'm like pissed off at whatever. So some days I take no. it personally, but most I don't anymore. 
I, I did in the beginning. Now I don't. Good for you. I don't. You know, here's what's great is, you know, I came on today and talked to you about that movie that I would talk about. We're going to uh, talk about it, yeah. But here's, what's, but here's what's great about it. Yes. Is it's all about lighting, isn't it? It might, my lighting got knocked over, you know. My, my lighting hanging right here and then I'm going to have to be moving. I don't um, even have great lighting, but it's, it's, <clears throat> it's, it does what it needs to. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't do the ring light thing. I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't like that. It's um, not ideal. Um, you know, it's a, now that I'm doing stuff and talking to you and doing PR stuff for the movie, it puts me back in the game because bottom line is I love what I do and I love passing on the message and I love, I love to be, and here's, you know, there's some actors that go to work and they make it very much about them. I go to work and I make it about us. And, you know, most of my job, our job is it's not about saying the lines and hitting your mark and delivering that emotional sob story to the person you're working with. It's about who you are on set, how you are with the cast, what you do, you know? And so it's, it's an experience. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's huge in every way. Did you ever, and then we'll get into your new movie. Did you ever come really close to getting a part where we are like, Oh, that was almost you. You know, like we all know um, Rob Lowe was supposed to be McDreamy. I mean, I think everything worked out for Rob Lowe, but Rob Lowe was supposed to be McDreamy on Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Or, uh, Rob Lowe was in the mix to be the Patrick uh, Dempsey McDreamy. I was being sarcastic, Rob Lowe. Oh. Um, I thought you said Rob. Oh, I thought you said Rob Hood. It's <laughs> like, what? Now I get it. Um, right. Like, we're, we, we don't feel sorry for Rob Lowe. No. St. Elmo's Fire. No, I'm sorry. Life is rough for you now on Lone Star 911. Um, you know, there's a lot of soap stuff that I was up for that I didn't get. Uh, you know what I do now is I look at, um, I was submitted to play a Dr. Schneider on Days of Our Lives. It went to Michael Lowry, who is a New York soap actor who was on All My Children. So I always want to see who gets it. Like there was something on The Rookie that I really wanted. And, um, it went to a middle-aged, balding uh, black guy. I no control. Well, that's what I mean. That's why you. That's your answer right there. Why you shouldn't take anything personally? Because it's like then you see the person that role. You're like, oh, this is not me. Or when you see the person that looks almost just like you, but ten years younger or ten years older, you know. Well, that's a different story, baby. You know, my agent at LA Models, Krista, still says to me, clients will call and say, "Yeah, give me." Uh, Give me a Gregory Zarian type. And I'm like, well, I'm not dead. Why don't, but they want younger or maybe a little bit older. And, um, you know, I look for, I have a friend named Paul that he throws every audition in the back seat behind me. And I know that I hang on sometimes too much. Uh, however, when I get to then be on the other side of it, and here's what it means to me is that I love my job and I take my job personally. And, you know, I, uh, I believe that, we were all strippers on the stripper pole. And when you get a job, you are just getting tens, twenties, thirties, hundreds. And when you are not, you are just spinning and you are doing your job and doing your craft until somebody comes in and says, you are like that. Kind of. Right. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, and you know, what's great though is I'm now becoming part of the other side. I'm, I'm part of a horror flick 
um, that is in production. So I'm a- Oh, really? Yeah, I'm I'm a producer on that. Uh, The movie that we're gonna talk about, somebody, uh, a guy named Dead Alza, that is the lead of the film. Him and I are now part of a production called Mystery Incorporated, and it's based on Scooby-Doo, and I play Shaggy's dad, and it's, it's now going out, and if it's not being offered to me and I'm not getting it this way, well, what can I create? You know, I'm, I'm in talks to maybe create um, my own version of what a soap opera looks like. You know, somebody reached out to me years ago and she wrote a show, a series called The Editor, and it's about a woman that's a witch or she has crafts that with the flick of a pen, she can, she can change destiny. And it's what happens if you change this path, you don't think about all the other paths that change. You know, where we, we live our lives by the triple effect. You know, if you go left here, what happens over there? And That's it's, true. it's a genius series that I'm part of. So it's also trying to let go of the please hire me to, hey, you know what, let me bring something to you and let me be part of the production side. And also let me, um, I'm going to act in this because I'm good at this part and I'm good at telling the story. I like it. Thank you. Well, let's talk about the new movie, 86 Melrose Avenue. It is a hostage thriller. Uh, it is uh, a, an ex-Marine suffering from PTSD storms and art gallery exhibit. And he takes all the guests hostage. And there are 10 of us and we're held hostage. Um, and it is, uh, it's probably some of the most intense work I've ever been part of. It's here, and here's what I love is it deals exclusively with mental illness and PTSD and, um, you know, knowing that I was coming on today when people think um, PTSD and mental illness, the entire country is suffering from some type of PTSD from COVID. Um, over one in five adult America, over like, over, I think it's one in six, um, adults are suffering from mental health due to the global car crash that we've been through. Um, over 30% of veterans from Vietnam suffer from PTSD. So it is a conversation that we are talking about in the movie focuses specifically on what it can do to you and um, the people it affects. And uh, Lily Mata is the writer, director, creator of this, and she is from Lebanon. And she's written this amazing story that makes you look at your own choices in your life and what's keeping you back in the moment in your life that dictated how you were living your life now and what you can do different. And it is, uh, it's with some really phenomenal actors and it's gripping. It's scary. It's uh, a guy comes in holding a gun and you know, with the conversation of, people holding guns these days. It is so poignant and timely. Uh, it deals with culture clash. It deals with all of it. It's, and I got to play ball with some really amazing people. How do you prepare for a role like the PTSD aspect of that? Like being around someone with PTSD, like what did you do to prepare for this? I went in, well, I, here's what I did. I went in as my character. I play a guy named Avi Shaheen. He's Israeli. Um, and when I was offered the part, I was offered the part and then I went in and I auditioned for the part. 
And in the beginning of this conversation for me playing Avi, uh, there were people that wanted Avi to have an Israeli accent. So I called the dialect coach. Um, I called some people and then I called Lily and I said, I love that you want me to be Avi, but I do not believe that I can bring justice to this accent. So I am passing on the part. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, we've all seen movies where the accent comes in and out. And this is such an important story to tell. I would not do that to your movie. Well, she kept me in the movie because in the script, my character leaves Israel and comes to live in the United States to go to school. So obviously, 35 years later, you like how I made myself younger? 35 years, um, 35 years later, I would have a strong American accent. Um, here's how I want to say we prepared. I come, came in knowing who I was as a character, and the genius storytelling was that most of the movie is filmed in an art gallery. So for seven days, we are in an art gallery, and she shot it chronologically. So from the mingling, the meandering, to the high, let me look at this piece, let me go on by myself, to somebody coming in screaming, get down, with a gun holding us hostage, it was shot in real time. So how I prepared was one minute, I'm trying to pick up a girl to the next minute, I'm on the floor for five days with a gun at my head. That's how I prepared. It was real, it was, and I, and it's interesting, and here's what I was grateful for. It was so intense that it became my life. You know, John was going through some work stuff and he called me and the next day was the biggest day for me and I said, I can sit with you, but I can't talk to you. Because I didn't want to lose how palpable that was and there's 10 of us on the floor not knowing what this crazy guy wielding a gun is. We don't know what happened. We don't know what he did. We know that you see in the trailer, there's blood on his shirt. We don't know the story. So I didn't want to step out of that because it wasn't fair to my crew and cast and it wasn't fair to you, the audience. Um, it broke me for a couple of days. I couldn't talk for a couple of days afterwards. Really? It changed my life. Because in what split second, what are you going to do? It's kind of like COVID. Boom. What are you going to do? My life is forever changed by the global car crash. March 15th of last year, lockdown. What are you doing? So you take, you're one of the actors that like takes it home. I'm at, in a bad way, like and just lives with it and sits with it. This one I had to. You know, I, it was so intense, David. Stepping out of it wouldn't have been fair. And here's the thing when, you know, John, even Lawrence called me, hey, listen, I love you. I'll talk to you later. Like it was me, but I was so embodied with that when I walked back on set and I went through hair and makeup and I went through a wardrobe and I went back to my place on the ground, on the floor, knowing that there was a gun pointing at us for this man that is suffering from the effects of war and again, PTSD. You know, 11 to 20% veterans or people that serve in the military suffer from it. So it's, you know, uh, with, with all that we're going through now, you know, I, did, I didn't know, um, you know, us from March, 2020 of last year, 70% um, of people are suffering from PTSD. Um, really? Yeah. and. 
a majority of the people that are suffering from it fall into addiction and drug abuse because it is from an experience. It is from shots fired. It is from sexual trauma, sexual misconduct. You know, a majority of a majority of um, females suffer from an 11 percent, almost 12 percent to the 9.3 percent of men. You know, depending on where you are and where it falls, it's staggering, and it falls under the umbrella of mental illness. And 70 percent of people have this from COVID. No, 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 17%, 17%. Okay. It's not specifically toward COVID. It's just as of March 20, 2020, 17%. Um, I was like, that's a lot. That have survived or that are in active combat suffer from PTSD. Now, did you learn anything from this? Like if you're ever in like a real hostage situation, I mean, putting the PTSD aside. You know what I did? I uh, be compliant, have empathy. Um, you know, you have to see the movie. I saw a trail. I mean, I I, I want to see it. I saw a bunch of trailers. Um, it's a. It, it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier. It goes back about asking questions, talking. You know, we. What you know? What is this? You know, people are just pissed off. So it's um. It's, it's asking questions. It's when somebody has a gun at your head and they say, be quiet, you're quiet. You know, it's also knowing that life goes back to what you said earlier, life is short. You know, for all the moments that I'm worried about whether or not somebody's getting me a job, I could be focusing and not be so self-involved in doing something over here. You know what I'm saying? Life is short. What are you going to do about the choices that you make? And it's also having more empathy to everybody and anybody. You know, we're a very selfish world it would be a more open world if we're like, wait, what is that for you? How are you? Let me check in with you. So it really, and um, it also uh, deals with culture clash, Lebanon and then Israel. They hate each other. And one of the girls uh, plays a Lebanese girl, I play Israeli. So it's, you know, how do you navigate fighting for your life with somebody that you inherently hate due to culture and, and nationality and religion per se. So it, it opens up the conversation of all of it. And it's, uh, I could imagine the scenarios that go through. I mean, I could already, I'm already imagining some of my head when there's a hostage situation. How would you be if you want an art gallery? Somebody bolts in with a gun and says, Get, get on the ground. What would, what, what is that for you? Well, I would be compliant, that's for sure. I mean, you just, I would be like, These are the final moments of it all. That's what would go through my mind. You know, I mean, I could see other scenarios where they're going around and they want you to offer someone else up or it's you and things like that. that that's where my mind goes. You're like, like, take her. <clears throat> I, somehow I take it to reality TV. I take it to Survivor, Big Brother. I'm just like, just not me. I mean, that's what would go through my mind. No, I love that. Like, I just want to get out of here alive and whatever you want. So let me ask you a question. Just say you're in a moment where you have to make a split decision and you look back on choices you've made. What's the one choice? Like, is there, is there one thing in your world that you were hanging on to that you're like, that's just so dumb, I need to let it go. 
Was there one thing that I'm just hanging on to? Something that you're hanging on to that if you were at this one moment in your life. Just, I mean, and I do this already, but just every day should just be like, there's no problems. Everything. There's nothing. There's no problems. I love like, it. But I love that though. Like, I feel like I don't need an illness. I don't need some tragedy to happen. Like, I already feel that way. Like, there's no problems. And people make their own problems. And when something real happens, it will be, you'll wish that you could turn back to yesterday. That's how I feel every day is. Really, I have that weird mentality. Now, I mean, I slip up at times, but for the most part... I can see clearly with most things. I love that. Well, that's great then for you to listen to. I, you mean, own. you're upset and you're not happy, but like I get over it within like 15 minutes. It just is what it is. And I don't know. Like if well, you're, you're as long as you're healthy and like life is going on, what's the big deal? And just, okay, life changed. Something happened you didn't like, just whatever. You have to deal with it and pivot. I don't know. But I love that. I, my whole thing is if you have something undone, find a way to be done with it. And if it's not with the person, then be done with yourself and bless them and wish them well. Cause it is just so boom, done. Yeah. So, uh, the movie comes out uh, April 20th on all video on demand streaming services, um, video on demand services, um, pre-order now on Apple iTunes, uh, Gravitas Ventures and Glasshouse Distribution internationally. And um, it's getting great reviews. It's won a buttload of awards. I'm grateful I've won some. And, you know, it's a great cast. Uh, the lead is Dade Elza. It's um, Anastasia Antonia, a woman that I love, Helen Kennedy Turner. Lawrence uh, Langston Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne's son is in it. Uh, just some really... I'm um, Terry Ivins. Uh, okay. And uh, um, Jim O'Hare is in it as well. And just um, just a group of people that love telling a great story. And uh, I truly believe it'll change lives and again, open the conversation of PTSD and mental illness more. The trailers I saw were great. You know what's cool about that is uh, my godson, his brother, they saw a, uh, it was streaming during festivals and... Uh, there's a really intense moment and they had to pause the movie because they called and they're like, do you die? I'm like, I can't tell you that. And they were upset. Um, yes. What, you were going to say something? No, I just think, I think, you know, it. if you have a minute to make a decision, what are you going to do? And it just opens up the conversation to all that we're talking about. And I, it's a great movie. And um it's with a great group of people that I truly love and Lily Mata, the writer director, uh, she's ballsy. It's, it's, you know, and it's supporting, you know, women. I love it that strong women come out and tell strong stories. You know, that's why, you know, my connection to Crystal Chappelle from Venice to Lily Mata, you know, working with insanely talented, creative women. I believe I'm a better man for the woman, women that have been in my world, you know, back to Kathy, Donna Mills, you know, the women in my life because I was brought up by a ballsy woman, you know, and it's um, like, I'm proud to be part of all of that. Is there anyone like you're just dying to work with? I can't remember Lindsay if I asked Weidner. you that one. Who? Lindsay Wagner. 
You told me this. We talked about this last time. When I was having dinner with my stepmom two nights ago, her daughter remembered the poster that I still have in the hallway. Um, yeah, I love my Lindsay. She is. Hi, Lindsay. I love you. We could do a Hallmark movie. Uh, we could do something for a lifetime. Um, out of out of everyone, yeah. that's who you want. Uh, you know, Lindsay Widener. Yes, uh, Lindsay Widener. And then, uh, yeah, today I'm going to say Lindsay Widener. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm happy about it. You know, I think there's, you know, I think uh, I feel with worry on the world's storytelling is becoming so, so honest. So there's um, tons of women that I'd love to work with. And um, if you were an actor, what yes. women would you like to work with? What woman would I want to work with? Um, well, I mean, I go to the, like, without overthinking, like, the 90210s. Like, I'd love to work with Shannon Doherty. I've worked with her husband. Dean? Really? Kurt Smirenko, yeah. Oh, Kurt, yeah. Photographer. He's, he's a twin. I said Dean Kurt. because I had Tori Spelling on my mind. You see, I just, yeah, Kurt. Kurt. But, yeah, you know. Shannon's a good actress. She is. But it goes back to what we were talking about. You know, we didn't, we didn't finish the Janice Dickinson thing. You know, it's just there's, I believe social media has taken a layer out of things that are tactile. You know, it's a quick fix world. I think I, so. Um, you had to go to an audition, give your modeling card. You know, people now just scroll through social media and go, I want you, I want you, I want you. Oh, wait, you're on a reality TV. That's great. I am not dissing any of it. But it's just a different world. You know, I believe the girls from 90210, their first, because that was on the second variation of it. Um, it, uh, just a different world. And we had to, it's just a different world. We went to class differently. We, you know, class is class, but it's just a different world. And then um, it wasn't as quick of a fix. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I was an actor, I also wouldn't mind a scene with Meryl Streep. You know who I thought of? Uh, I think Gwyneth Paltrow would be cool to work with. Really? Yeah, I do. There's something, you know, there's just, I think there's something very cool about her. You know, Meryl Streep, of course. And what I've heard about Meryl Streep is she, uh, every take is different. So for editing, it's a pain in the ass, but every take is a surprise. You know, what I love is working with people that when you're delivering, you know, <clears throat> when you're delivering your line and somebody gives you the same thing, you have to create it differently. But when somebody comes in and gives you something different, it's fantastic. Uh, when I was on The Mentalist, the lead, Simon Baker, I was in a big scene with him and he went, there's a method called Meisner and he kept on delivering the lines and it was my reaction. And he kept on redoing it, redoing it, redoing it. Then when it finally came out, my character was so flustered that it made sense. And I thought, that's a great game of tennis. Mm. Because if you just deliver your lines, you're delivering it. But it's the experience, it's the stepping into, it's creating it as if it's the very first time. So. That makes sense. Well, also, I mean, I'm glad that you fit us in today. I mean, you're busy with promoting this movie. You were just on the Kelly Clarkson show I saw a week or two ago. A moment like this, so, some people wait a lifetime 
Yeah. You asked me who canceled on me. I should be saying thank you for fitting us in between, you know, your Kelly Clarkson appearances. Wasn't that great? I'm, thank you. Um, <clears throat> I've loved her from the minute she sang. Um, on, uh, yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan. And her song, Catch My Breath, got me through a horrible breakup. And um, Lawrence, we were friends with the producer, uh, the executive producer, Alex Duda, who was very generous to us on the Steve Harvey show. And we have a long history. And when this movie came out, I said, Lawrence, hey, what do you think? Because Lawrence is a uh, recurring lifestyle expert on there. Yeah. Alex. Kelly knew of me, but didn't. And um, it was great. And what they did was donating pilot pens, donated $1,000 to Wounded Warrior Project. And it was just, uh, that's, that's the good stuff. It really, really is the good stuff. And uh, I'm still pinching myself from it. See, you say you take things personally, but lots of people do. Lots of people want you. Lots of people pull strings and get you in. It is the other, it is the other side of all of it. Um, David, I have quick questions because I know we both have. Okay, ask me the questions, okay. yes. Okay, ready? Let's go. Okay, uh, Teresa and Jackie, who side in regards to the analogy? You know, and this is where it gets hard because I always say this, I know these people in real life. So that factors in, but let's not overanalyze it, Jackie. Well, because you understand the analogy. There was no, because when I, I remember watching it going, and here's what you got to say what's great about Gia. She came back with, hey, you owe, you owe an apology. You know, okay, yeah. Uh, okay, there's that. Okay. What are your thoughts in, oh, uh, Jennifer or Margaret? Now, I know both of them in real life. And I mean, I, I've said this before. Jennifer and I despise each other. So I would say Margaret. There's a story behind it. I will be telling the story at some day. Like Jennifer is just... Listen, do I think she's good TV? Like, she's humorous. She is. So, I mean, on the show, I enjoy watching Jennifer immensely these, these days. But in real life, Margaret all the way. And, uh, and, and, and on the show. I mean, and on the show. I mean, Jennifer's yeah, setting uh, the women's uh, movement uh, back. Yeah. Um, yes, she is. Can we all talk about how gorgeous Dolores looks and how great Margaret looks? Um, what are your immediate thoughts about Jen Shaw? I mean, well, has she been? Has she been with Mer you? No, Meredith, Whitney, and Lisa have been with me, and I don't know Jen in real life. I have a bunch of lawyers coming up, and I just had a lawyer on my Patreon account. We're going to be covering it week after week when things happen. Um, I mean, I think that you know you're innocent until proven guilty, but I mean, it doesn't shock me that she's in this situation. And it wouldn't shock me if she is truly guilty of all of this. And I don't think you get out of this with no jail time at all. This doesn't shock me. Like if you said next in three months when the show is over and they start filming the second season, which of these following people this is going to happen to, she would have been my number one choice with Mary, maybe a close second. Wow. Okay. So I'm like, okay. Um, last question. Uh, Tinsley and the engagement off. What are your thoughts? I mean, I could have seen this coming. And I'm not even being shady. I just, it's like what you go back to. It's like, how do you move to Chicago when you're in New York and you have, and for someone that's already put you through the ringer 
and won't bend at all for you and gives you a like, get off that show. I don't want anything to do with it and get your ass to Chicago. How is that going to work? How did you feel when Dorinda uh, wasn't invited back for the new season? Possibly the happiest I felt in a really long time. Why do you say that? <clears throat> I find Dorinda in real life to be a horrible, horrible person. And I mean, I don't mean, I mean, she's been horrible to me. Worse than Jack. Horrible to you? Why? Listen, the thing with some of these reality people that are not real actors and actresses, they really think that they're up there and the rest of us are down here. Yeah. Not Kathy Wakili. There's many, many exceptions. But plenty of them think that just because they're on TV, they're up there and the rest of us are down here. And it's like, I don't want your life. You're miserable. So you can think that, but that's not true. And Dorinda's one of those people. You know who's actually befriended me a bit on social media, of course? Who? We have mutual, uh, mutual friends. Uh, Carol Radswell. Really? Super, yeah, super fun, super charming, super... Um, uh, I actually did uh, my bulletin board. Uh, <laughs> she gave me thoughts, um, feedback, because she posted something, and then there was this back, and yeah, I think she's charming, and I think she's uh, super sweet, and we have mutual friends, and we have an agreement that when um, I'm in the city, we'll have a coffee. I, her, I don't know at all. I mean, other than, you That's know, the TV. Like is where you get, and then, um, like, Dolores is cool, too. She's super sweet, and... Uh, Dolores the, uh, is sweet. Back and forth, hey, we'll have a coffee when I'm in the city. And of course, with Marge and Marge Senior. Carol, I, Carol, I did not expect. That's, that's out of left field. Yeah, Carol's cool. It's uh, you have a mutual friend named Bruce Bozzi. Oh, yeah. yeah Andy's there. buddy. Andy's buddy. I've known Bruce for a very long time. Yeah, he lives, he lives in, the, in the hood. I was just going to say, isn't he like right in your hood? You know, yeah, he lives right. Yeah, like I go down and he lives up. I've known him for a very long time. Great guy. I, I could him. see that. That doesn't shock me. You know, he's fun. We have a good time, and him and Lawrence are, are good buddies. You're part of that, that crew. You know, I like the, what you said, though, about just, yeah, there's people even, um, and I'm not naming names, but, you know, some people that, uh, like, Lawrence has known Garcelle for a long time. You know, Lawrence is on Home and Family, which is coming to an end, which is very sad, and he's very upset about that because it's just feel-good TV. His words are, with Garcelle, what you see is what you get. And from the minute they met to if, before when we could go to events, hi, hello, hi, hello, and the ingratiating nature, there's some other ones that are just like, we were friends. What happened? Like, what happened? Yeah. And it's just disappointing. Like, okay, and when you were finally off that reality show, then what? That's the thing. It's like... How do people not know how the business works? And I understand if you don't know how the business works, if you just get a show, but a year, I think a year or even two, I'll give you two years into it. You should know how it works that whatever goes up is going to come down. And so we are the same person. So where has your head gone with all of this? I get it. It's hard not to go there when everyone in the world is telling you it, but who wants that? Like that's so. They, here's the thing. What are they really telling you? Nothing. They love you. They love you. They love what they're seeing on an edited show. They don't know anything about you. Um, we never did. We talk about this. Whose side were you on, Brandy or Denise? We never talked De about that. Denise. Yeah. 
I mean, do I think something? And I know both of them. I used to model with Randy. Really? Yeah, LA models. We used to do we used to do um, runs together for uh, Nordstrom and Neiman Marcus. Yeah, we uh, I've known her for years. Uh, her best friend Jennifer Jimenez. Do you know who that is? Sounds so familiar. Uh, her and her husband. We call each other Glamour Puss and Sugar Puss. Uh, they are so- sober warriors. Yeah, she uh, she was in Charlie's Angels. She was in Blow. Uh, she huh. was uh, one of the first. Um, Latina supermodels. Yeah, she's she's a big deal. Um, she's Brandy's best friend. One of okay, best that makes friends. sense. I, I would say Denise in that situation. You know, um, I know I, I get treated by Denise's husband, Aaron. And, you know, it's interesting to just be on the other side of where the cameras are not rolling and just see the same person and see the same story. And of course, we are as good as our editor, or we are as bad as our editor. Um, yeah, I, uh, D- Denise is cool. Her and Aaron are cool, and you know, I, uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, blowback about you were so open about, you know, I got my husband this and I did that, and then the second season being very protective. I'm like, you should be protective of your kids. You know, you, yeah, you, you get to. You chose to be on a reality show and you get to say what you got to want to say. And, you know. uh, And I think it's like, to me, like, as she says, she's Denise fucking Richards. But what I mean is like, she's, nothing's going to her head because she's been doing this forever. So it's not. Yeah. So like, she's been in this. So she gets how it works. So, I mean, I don't mean like that. I just mean like, She's not something she, she doesn't think she's something she's not. But it goes back to what you were saying about the Janice Dickinson thing. It's such a different game. You know, it was very different in the day. I'm I'm making it sound like we're a thousand years old, but it was very different. And there's a way I believe that you navigate in the world, especially when you started, when you started. I, I did a podcast with a guy named Kevin Spiritus. I think um, I saw that. Yeah, and Kevin, Kevin was on uh, Friday the 13th, uh, the sep- seven, Friday the 13th, seven, the new, the new breed. And in the podcast that we were just talking about good begets good, and the person that he ended up being writing partners with who he just lost, <clears throat> used to write for Kevin on Days of Our Lives. And these people liked Kevin because he was just a polite guy doing his job being Kevin. And we were taught, you know, as a gentleman, thank you and please, um, being courteous, being kind. There's other people that aren't, but it's just, it's an old school business. You say thank you and please, you pick up somebody's, you know, if you're gonna go get a coffee, hey, can I get you a coffee? You clean up your dressing room, you hand write a thank you note. You know what I'm saying? Not everyone. Where we are in the world now, a quick text of, hey, thanks, doesn't cut it. Like, Yes, you send a note on social media, you handwrite, you, you know, you had me on your show. I am, I don't expect, I don't, I didn't expect to be here again, number three. Really? I, I still think I filled in for somebody. You can I, come back any, well, no, I mean, listen, first of all, I would have had you back anyway, because, you know, we spoke in on the phone and like we bonded. So regardless of that. But, you know, I am of the other school of thought. Like, you know, you did hand deliver to me Donna Mills. Now, that is not why you're back. Because you would have come back anyway. 
We've spoken. But you sent me the voicemail up until Donna Mills, David. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> I, no, I didn't. But, can I t but, but here's what I want to say this, though. Yes. Here's what I genuinely like you. Like, right. I genuinely, you and I could sit at it. We'll have to start at breakfast and we'll probably yeah. be there the next day chatting our asses off. But here's what I know you get and I get. We're also in a business. It's also a business of, um, hey, thank you for having me on, understanding each other, testing out the waters and saying, hey, could you possibly, hey, what do you think? Hey, do you mind? And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a business of invitation. It's a business of favors. It's a business of, hey, what do you think? It's a business of kindness. You know what I'm saying? I think it's, it's all of that. And hey, you and I chatted. Hey, Donna Mills, do you And listen, if I didn't like my time with you, I'd be like, a, but I had so much fun with you. And I know that you would also be so amazing to my friend Donna Mills. Totally. And I really like you too. You no, know, it's organic. Like people are like, you know, why are all your friends in the business? I'm like, well, because I work all the time. Like, it's not that strange to me, but it's like an organic thing. Like, you're not just friends it's with anyone. Organic. That's where I think you get all the answers from people. You know, Janice Dickinson, well, and I'll say it again, I love that she just brought truth to the business. And she, listen, and she celebrated the girls. You know, Kylie Jenner, she, you know, they are billionaires, Kendall. They are billionaires, the Hadid girls. You know, they are coming from their mom who I've met a couple times, she's old school. You know, you work, you get off your ass and work. You know, you know, Lisa Rinna saying to her daughters, work, goes back to the stripper pole thing. Let's get on that flipping pole and we are working today. It's instilling the ethics of that from this generation to your kids and passing it on. Um, Which they didn't need to do. So that's a big thing. It is. And, you know, for anyone to say, hey, it's different than what this is, you're that full of yourself. Well, why don't you go, Hey, why do you think it's different? What do you think I'm doing differently? What do you think I've done here? You know what I'm saying? And you asked me just like about favorite interviews. Like, you know, you love Lindsay Wagner, the Janice one for me, it was just like, I mean, who doesn't love Janice Dickinson? I do. She is one of the most ballsy broads in the world. And what I love is what you see is what you get. And hats off to you, David, for being in every, what was it? people, us, Paige, so you were in everything because well, you got someone to tell the truth. Yes. And I mean, I do, I am, I know certain questions to ask too. Why do you think you're so good? I mean, I'm not getting an ego. It's just, it's partly in that, but I mean, Janice is the gift that keeps giving as well. Cause she doesn't give a fuck. Like you talk about cancel culture. Like there are people like Janice does not care you can come for her she doesn't need she doesn't care so it's just for somewhat refreshing just to be like whatever she says at least it is going to be authentic to herself whether you agree or not well that, that's the only person you're supposed to be authentic to because my opinion is not your business you know what right. i'm saying Meaning, yeah it's my opinion you know like me or not it's my opinion and you know, opinions, the saying is opinions are like assholes. We all have one. 
Yes. And yes. And you shouldn't worry about what other people think. And you're not just back because of Donna Mills, because I do genuinely like you and we are going to hang out in New York, but I, I do just, I'm that type, like I'm old school of like, you know, I just, you know, when that's just how it works. Like if people do me a solid, I remember that. I like you regardless. I'm not saying that's why I'm just saying like it goes people. I don't think people are like that necessarily. That's where I'm like, like, this is how I'm able to hang out with the Jersey housewives. It's like, I'm in that old school mob mafia. Like, you know, you do for me and I'll do for, it's just, that is the way my mind thinks. I can't help it. I'm not Italian and I don't live in New Jersey, but. I liked you getting into it. You kind of became a little bit, yo. Right? I was butch there for a minute. <laughs> I mean, who knew? But I really, cause listen, I have, some of them are really like, we don't need to mention any answers. Some of them are like, you better cut off ties with that one. And that's a whole nother story. Like they, they take the loyalty thing to really far, but I'm in that, I'm in that mentality of like, just that's how it works. I don't know. That's how it works to me. But I also love that you said, it's just paying attention to who is, who is, when you say do for me, do for you, it's, it's just also about remembering and paying attention. It's as simple as you do, you do, either you do or you don't. And if you can, you will, and at least it's by trying. Somebody wanted me to, to uh, Maurice Bernard, who plays Sonny Corinthos on hospital. Yes. Uh, he is such a good guy to me. And every time I see him, there's a hug and a kiss on the cheek. Uh, he did his book on mental health last year. Um, there's nothing general about it. And it was all about mental health. I promoted it. He re-promoted it. Uh, Kathy's uh, sister-in-law. I got a message from Maurice to give to her because she loved him. Somebody wanted me to try to get Maurice on the podcast. I couldn't do it. But it's by intention. It's all by intention. Hey, let me try. Hey, I tried. I'm not the bad guy because I couldn't do it, but at least I tried. I believe we're all about, let me just see what I can do. Yeah. And I understand that's where I understand it's a business. Like just cause I had person a and they name drop, like, this is your best friend. I'm like, well, I understand this person over here is not coming on, but you know, you can try, but like, it's just like that. And like, I'm like, okay, it's a business and I get it. You know, I think it's, I, I, I get it. That's where I'm like, I think I've had a hardened education over the past year and a half where I'm just like, it's a business, but you still want to try for these other little things. But right, you try, you can't deliver someone. It's like, that's just, what else can you do? Right? Drink out of your cup. Now, okay, we're going to keep in touch. We're going to tell everyone where they can see this movie again. We'll say goodbye. You can text me. And when you come here for real, and I'm going to be out there, but I think you might be here first. I'll be out there first. Um, if you get another cancellation, I'd love to come back. We have so much more to talk about. You will come back. And when you're here, we'll do a live with your brother. We'll go to the studio. How fun would that be? Because when's, books- when's the last time you had twins? A the while. Twi- <laughs> <laughs> a while. Can we just leave it at that now? You guys will do, and we'll think of, I'll think of, I have to learn who your brother is. We'll talk about, we'll talk about Kelly Clarkson and lots of other things. Uh, yeah, he's um, he's actually launching his part two of his clothing line, so that's exciting. C A X times L Z uh, connected to Bear with Lawrence Aaron. It's kicking ass. Uh, April twentieth, Venice the series video on demand. It is available now, pre order on um, iTunes, and it will be uh, distributed Glasshouse Ven- uh, Glasshouse and Gravitas Ventures, and it's um. 
a thrill ride and uh, I want everyone to see it. And here's the thing, if somebody's having a bad day or if it looks like somebody's quiet, ask them how they are, ask questions uh, and just check in with people that you love. I just found out today that um, my friend's mom committed suicide and they had no signs or symptoms. And it was just like, what? So when you say get a bye to somebody, tell them you love them and maybe just ask one more question because we all, uh, sometimes we all just have bad moments. Yeah, that's good advice. Thank you, David. And where can everyone follow you on Instagram? At Gregory Zarian on Twitter, at Gregory Zarian on Facebook, at Gregory Zarian. And um, as of, I think, next week, my website is completely up and redesigned, gregoryzarian.com. Please feel free to visit the um, gift store where there's nothing. It solves, it talks about modeling, acting. You, you cover it all on there, on your website. I do in health and wellness. Guys, uh, get a finger up your butt, check your prostate. Uh, if you're not feeling good, uh, go to the doctor. Just ask questions and ask your family history. Because one thing, I'm ending with this, a lot of people get sick and die because they don't ask questions. Ask questions. You, David. It's on my list. I need ten, a checkup. 10 seconds will save your, it seriously will save your life. I'm going. It's literally. Because I'm going to hammer text the crap out of you and say, did you go? Did you go? Did you It's go? been on my list for weeks. So this is my good. reminder. Good. Then next week is a good week for you. It is. You'll keep in touch. I will text you as soon as we hang up. Please do. And tell my friend Donna Mills I said hello, too. I will, I will be in her backyard tomorrow. I'll give her a hug and a kiss. David, thank you. And um, again, if somebody cancels, I'm ready to come back. You're coming back regardless. Before you're here. Am I one of your favorites? You are one of my favorites. You, Janice Dickinson, Melissa. I love Melissa. I love Melissa too. Please tell her hi next time you talk to her. She's like a class act, right? Life is short. Why not be a class act? And Joan. Who doesn't want to talk about Joan for at least 15 minutes out of a chat with Melissa? Next time I come back, I have more Joan stories. We'll do it then. I'm getting better now. With Melissa, it's less about Joan. Because, I mean, I understand. She's, Melissa's got a lot going on, and she's amazing. But, you know, you've got to talk about Joan for at least two minutes. So My father was one of the most influential Armenian-American politicians in the country when he died. And ad nauseum, to date, talk about my dad all the time. And it's great. Please yeah. talk about my talking. She should, I, and I'm sure she does. And I get she's more than just Joan Rivers' daughter. And she's part of this amazing history that gave her the platform. So celebrate all of it and how lucky that she, that her mom took her to work and look at where she is now. Yeah. In a great way. All right. You'll text me. Everyone will follow you. Everyone needs to watch this movie. They have to. And if you haven't go back and watch all six seasons of Venice, the series and look out for mystery incorporated. It'll be great. Scooby-Doo fun. Amazing. All right. Text me. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. 
because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon.